Get him. Welcome, folks. Y'all come on in and make yourself at home. This here, well, this is the Rolling Thunder Podcast. Your home for all things Rolling Thunder. This episode of the Rolling Thunder Podcast is presented by Mossy Oak Camouflage because everything is better in Bottomland. And Lucky Duck Premium Decoys, Masters of Deception. Welcome to another episode of the Rolling Thunder Podcast. Yo! Spence, it's good to record in the daylight. Weird, isn't it? Man. Means that it... Although it does mean that the days are getting longer and that hunting seasons are wrapping up. A little bit. We're about to hit that three-month stretch where people wear bathing suits and... Red fish and... Yeah, we do need to go red fishing, catch some snapper. It's beach season. Uh, I like all those things. It just... And I am kind of so ready. far away. I kind of am ready for it to be done. I just... Uh, it's never... It's always a little bit bittersweet, pal. I get that. I can't believe turkey season's, I mean, not like I've hunted every single day of the season or anything Flies like that, by. but it's like those first two weeks, you feel like you got all sorts of time, and then and then all of a sudden, some other stuff starts happening, and next thing you know, it's like, oh, shoot, I, I got swear. one weekend. or Yep, it goes by faster every single year. Got a little bit of breeze coming. A little bit. Love it. Man, how was your trip? Man, it w- it was good. There were no dead birds. I will, I, will, I will just go ahead and cut to the chase on that. I'm not going to lie. I'm glad. I, I hate to say <laughs> I, 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 I wasn't going to tell you that on the podcast <laughs> last week, but I'm glad. I mean, you, you need we to had earn sh- We had opportunities. Yeah. But um, tell me why you're glad. In, in well, my... you just need to earn them. I mean, I just, I mean, you've been trying here for a little bit, but. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it, you know, thing accomplished is sweet to the soul. And it's what true. You, what you earn is. Better than what's given, you know. I mean, yeah, it's, it's you, yep. You, I get it. I get it. Well, so we <clears throat> we drove through the night on Thursday night, and we got to um, there. There were some places that we were looking at that we were looking at ahead of time, and then so we were out in Kansas, and then we had some friends, or Ray had some friends who had been there the week previous, mm-hmm. and so that was kind of like the most recent kind of pin. Mm-hmm. That uh, or area that we could be put on. So I said, okay, let's just for the first morning, let's just go there. Mm -hmm. So we get there from Memphis now. We get there about 3.30. Jeez, that's brutal. And we just put the seats back in the car, Mm. set the alarms. (laughs) 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 So we get there about 3.30, set the alarm, sleep sleep till about 4.45, 5 o'clock. Yikes. You know, wake up and... In the meantime, there was only a 10% chance of rain in the area, but apparently it was a 100% chance of rain where we were. So we wake up, and it's like... Well, you know a 10% chance means one out of 10 times that the weather is exactly like that. It rains all day, right? <laughs> it's I mean, true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess, but I mean... It's kind of like a 100% chance of rain means that there's some that there's an absolute guarantee that there's going to be some moisture fall from the sky. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like I guess it's ten percent of the coverage area is is gonna is gonna get rain, but um, so but we we would go from like sleep to waking like went to bed it was dry woke up rain on rain yeah and we forgot to talk about black roads yeah we'll Kansas. get there we'll uh. get there <clears throat> so uh, went out that first morning no no success didn't hear anything um, and just kind of what we started doing is just hitting the roads mm-hmm. trying to pick out. Public, Trolling, just like public ground yeah. or, yeah. you know, we'd go out and we'd find places where there'd be, there would be turkey strutting in somebody's field mm-hmm. and we'd try to f- knock on a door or something. Mm-hmm. We'd drive up and there's no trucks there. There's mm-hmm. nobody there and, you know, no success there. And then we kept kind of plinking away, but probably the most eventful thing of day one was the black roads. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you something. Those, those are no joke. Yep. You you're not telling Black Betty anything. She well, so for those of for those who may not know the Black Roads in Kansas, you want to tell us a little bit about 
Mm. Tell us like a. I mean, they're like you've the got a PhD. Of, yeah, they're in, like the uh, pits of hell. I'm, I'm basically. I don't care who you are, or what your truck looks like, yep. or your tires are set like, or it doesn't matter. Like the black roads, black, black dirt in Kansas that gets rained on is a bad deal. You just, you just pass it on up. It's, you come to a grid road and you see it's black left and right. You stop. Yeah, and and so it was one of those deals where we started down one of those roads because it looked fine. Mm-hmm. Looked okay, and then all of a sudden we started. You know it looked okay because everybody there knew not to drive on. Yeah, it. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. No like, kidding. There's no base. It's like 27 inches deep of no soft. of just mud. Yeah. So so we so we went out there and we turned on uh, one of these roads, and then I started like it felt like I was in a rally car, and I, I managed to. And so <laughs> mind sliding. you, mind you, I am <clears throat> I'm a I'm a young man, Spence, yeah. and. Uh, being economically minded, I'll, I'll take the best kind of car is a free car. Best kind of truck is a free truck, right. and uh, you know, so I have my I have my wife's old car. Uh, I catch a lot of grief for it. Not your, right. well, hey, you're talking to a guy who drove a Chevrolet Venture minivan for like perfect. three four years. Perfect. Okay. So I'm I rocking mean, a Toyota. I'm rocking a Toyota Venza. Yeah, which Kirk calls the minivan. Thank you, Kirk. But uh, but anyway, so two wheel drive, nothing. Mm-hmm. Managed to get out of that. We were fine the rest of the day. But what I found out a little too late was that if even if it's a gravel hard packed gravel road, they're only going to put gravel up to the, someone's house because of nine one one. Yeah. And so this road literally was at the crest of a hill. Was mm. their driveway? So we're going thirty five or forty down this gravel road, just looking for birds. Just I'm looking out the window, and then all of a sudden I just feel the car going sideways, yeah. and I look out, and there's nothing but yeah. black because yeah. we crested the hill, and there's no more houses past yeah. that. Yep. Yeah. And you've you've never seen better driving on on in mud in a two wheel drive car. I I, I will. I, I'm honestly, the Lord I'm definitely gave you, me skill beyond my ability. I'm shocked you got out. I, the well, first the first time I got stuck, <clears throat> I sent you this video. I think I, I'm not kidding. I think it was the same road. It I think it was, was the exact same road right there by the behind the the cemetery. Yes. Yeah. You come straight out of town and yeah. it's right there. Yeah. 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 Um. Yeah. I got stuck on that road going about maybe five miles an hour like i was just easing down we were looking both sides of the road and i mean all of a sudden the truck just started sliding just yeah, it was easy, like, just moving you're like it was like up. somebody just picked it up and set it in the ditch and <sighs> we walked like two miles to the closest house and found somebody that had a tractor and their tractor wasn't big enough flagged down somebody flagged down a guy from arkansas actually his truck couldn't pull us out we ended up finally getting a ride with somebody back to town and got a bigger tractor that had a uh, like a grapple on the front of it. That's it. That looked like a lumber. Yeah, he lifted it up, and so we literally just chained to the to the trailer hitch ball and lifted it up and set it on the road, and then lifted it up again, and set yep. it up, and we finally we got it set up on the road and got out. But, I mean, oh. but but you know the honest truth is, Rob, I've been I've I've gotten stuck on those black roads five or six times since then. Like it 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 happens every time it rains out there. It's and it's bad. And so we like I said, we got out and we got to a flat spot and to my like so I was literally at a co- intersection of three paths. Mm-hmm. One section was really steep and was shorter. It was that black road. One direction was the way I just came, and I felt okay as long as I kept my momentum and everything up. The other way was a new road. So I was like, okay, we are, we're not getting help. Yeah. <laughs> it's like we're getting out of here. So try try you know, to make a long story short, tried the tried the way I came in and my traction control like stopped my car. I wasn't paying attention mm. and I didn't think to turn it off. Got to the point where I, I I was able to back out, but the mud was so thick. This is like the mud where as you're walking, you're like picking up like mm-hmm. yeah. like I'm not kidding. Right. And you can't even get it out. Right. You with your hands. You can't even pick it out of your shoes. And it, so what it did is it wrapped on the back tire, so they weren't rolling anymore. They were just sliding. Mm. Then the front of my car fell into a, a washout <laughs> on the road because it's not used to having weight on it. And then we just kind of sat there. We're like, Lord, I need to go home. I need to get out of here. We managed to get out and get to the flat spot, and we went down this other thing that was like eight miles of black Jeez. black road and mixed gravel, and somehow we got out. But when we got back to the motel, people were like, are you kidding me? Yeah. How did you not get just, yeah. I was like, the, there's, yeah. you haven't seen me behind the wheel there. Oh, so lots <laughs> of close encounters, but no. Well, so so the next day we ended up, you know, we, we, we knew where a bird was, 
and you know they flew down you know three gobblers and then a couple hens flew down at the corner of a field and we were set up a little bit uphill from them we felt really good about our chances mm-hmm. and then <clears throat> they were they weren't on the ground five minutes before a coyote busted them out and then after mm. the coyote busted them out they flew up they waited about 15 minutes they flew back down went to the middle of the field and just strutted and did stuff out in the middle of the field, but they weren't touching the tree line. Mm. Anyway, so later in the day, put a big stock on a group. We weren't sure what if they were gobblers or jakes. We got to about 15 yards of them and then realized they were they were jakes because <laughs> they were, like, uh. facing away. From, anyway, so we could have had birds, but we just, I don't know. Mm. Sorry about this wind, y'all. It's, Jeez, uh, no kidding, man. What the heck? Inside of the east today. I know. So strange. So, anyway, we could have had birds, but we just, at that time, you know, not necessarily. Good for you, Sam. I'm glad you didn't shoot the jakes. It's not actually We could have ninja killed those jakes. I could have absolutely just grabbed a Bowie knife and knocked them off. Yeah. But. I'm sorry. Man, it was, learned a lot. Learned, uh, you know, I don't know. I feel like half of things that you learn is what not to do versus what to do. exactly. So. That's the beautiful thing about turkey hunting is you, you do it enough times it kicks you in the teeth enough times that you start learning you start getting better at it there's an acquired it's an acquired skill and i'm just glad that it didn't you know one didn't just fall in your lap the first couple times that well so that's i mean i know you wanted one to just kind of fall in your lap i'm not glad about that but you're talking to a guy who went five whole seasons before i killed a a turkey of any kind true no i i do see what you're saying and and it is true that you know not having the success that we anticipated, it will make when it all comes together, mm-hmm. you know, that much more, sure. that much more worth it. So For sure, I guess you really liked watching our uh, Western tour video after I didn't getting your teeth kicked in. I watched about two minutes of it and I said, you know what, I'll watch this next year. <laughs> I, <was> like, <laughs> I mean, y'all got a few years of experience on me now, so I feel just like a few, you know, commensurate. We had just as good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, divide by about six. Well, you had first off, you had never been to the place you were going. No, no. Nope. And I was in a truck full of three out of the four of us had killed multiple birds on, on the places like basically. We were going. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we knew where they were. And then on top of that, the collective killing experience on that trip was pretty intense. Pretty goofy. Uh, yeah, uh, more than one truckload per man. I mean, so uh, it was. <laughs> I mean, you, Kirk, Keelan, Keelan, Jeff, Keith. I mean, y'all had a crew. Keith came up for one day, yeah. yeah. Uh, but Jeff rode with us the whole way, and Jeff's a sneaky snake. Little, I mean, he 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 can get around. He he's not going <laughs> to just yelp one from a thousand yards up, or yelp one up from a thousand yards off. But I mean, he's a he's a very good hunter. Quiet, skilled, slipping around, focused. He can sneak. Yeah, focus, a laser focus. I mean. You don't want Jeff hunting you if you're a critter. I mean, he he is. He's a good Indian. He's going to figure uh, it out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. That's awesome. Um, but, See, I mean, y'all, that Western swing. It was pretty intense. Pretty awesome. Yeah. We we killed a pile in South Dakota and um, made a good lick at him in Nebraska and thumped him pretty good in Wyoming. I mean, it was Jeez. it was pretty – it was fun. That's awesome. Yeah. It was nice to not worry about shooting my own turkeys. Yeah, yeah. I'm feeling any, bad about it. Any, <laughs> any particularly good moments? Oh, man. I know uh, that trip. a trip like that's full of them, but what's one that stands out? Probably Kirk's first Merriam. So, Kirk, yeah, Kirk completed the – Yeah, never, he completed his Grand Slam. He'd never been that far out west. He killed one Rio in Oklahoma years ago, um, but kind of the, the deal on this trip – was we were going to get Kirkus Merriam. Yeah. And then after that, it was just going to be, let's just mash their guts and kill what we can. And um, we, I mean, we went to some very familiar places where we know the people and know, you know, so it's enjoyable. We knew what the bird numbers were and, and they were going to be great. And so <clears> it was just, it was just a lot of fun. Very little low pressure, you know. But uh, the first morning in South Dakota, um, our buddy Jack had told us that he had roosted some the night before there, but he didn't see them fly up. He wasn't sure exactly where they were, and he kind of triangulated them from a couple of places. He was like, I'm pretty sure they're right here. Man, we walked in this tree line. When I say it's a tree line, it's like great big cottonwood trees. Yeah. 
but the tree line was one cottonwood tree wide. And the cottonwood trees were about 40 yards apart. Ooh. So the whole tree line was about maybe 300 yards. And we get in there pitch black dark. I mean, it's four in the morning kind of thing. And we walk down there to the end of this tree line. And he's like, I'm pretty sure they're in the end of this tree line. If they weren't at the end of this tree line and they were on the next tree line, they would have sounded a lot further away. And he's like, they got to be right here. So we walked in there and we're standing around and it was like, man, I mean, if it's, it was a full moon. And so we're like, if, if, if they're in these trees, we can see every limb on these trees. And we're looking up, like we're literally, me, Kurt, Keelan, and RT, we're standing there and we're looking up just like, huh, I don't see any. You know, and I don't know, maybe he just, I don't know, maybe Jack was wrong. Maybe that maybe they're not here, and we looked around, and we're like, well, let's just sit here like he said, and, you know, we'll see what happens. We sat down on this, this cottonwood tree that was four grown men couldn't wrap their arms around it. I mean, all all four of us sat on the same tree. That's how big it was. Goodness. So, Kirk sat on the, kind of on the front facing the decoy, and then – RT sat beside him, and then Keelan sat beside him, and then I sat beside Keelan. So we were in a semicircle around this tree. We weren't even wrapped halfway around the tree, sitting like that. And, uh, I mean, like, maybe at 4.55, 4, something like that. It was before 5 o'clock. One gobbled, and when he gobbled, he was like maybe 35 yards from us. <laughs> and we were all like, <laughs> <laughs> he proceeded to gobble for like 20 minutes and then one gobbled that was 20 yards on the other side of us. You're, you were oh, in. Blah, 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 blah. And it was like, oh my gosh, we are in between. Two. In amongst them. <laughs> it was like, well, let's just sit right here. And I turned and looked. And I mean, I was drinking, I was still drinking a cup of coffee. And uh, I turned and looked, and the one that was 20 yards was just right here above me. And, I mean, we'd been standing there looking at Onyx and looking at our maps and talking to each other and fiddling <laughs> with the camera. And it was like, hmm. he probably waited that long to gobble because he'd, <laughs> he'd been looking at us down there, you know, for a while. He was reading your map. Yeah, they they pitched down and just walked right up. And, I mean, they were a little spooky, but they, they started walking up to the decoy and kind of got maybe 15 yards from the decoy and kind of, I don't know, the, the first one didn't like it very much. And uh, and so Kirk just went ahead and shot him. But, I mean, we'd literally hunted four and a half minutes of daylight, and there was a second <laughs> bird with him. So when Kirk shot, Keelan, I couldn't see him coming. And uh, he came up out of this little draw. He pitched down. He was like a, it was like a little creek drainage, and he pitched down right there in it and started to walk up out of it. When he walked up out of it, I mean, we're sitting on a cottonwood tree that is completely bare. There's no cover around it. Yeah. It's like green grass. It's like sitting in your yard. You know, I mean, it was obvious. Like, hey, there's some hunters over there, you know. <laughs> and he pops up out of this little draw, and he's at 25 yards, and there's a cameraman, three giant dudes sitting around the base of this cottonwood tree. <laughs> like, he just saw us. kind of waved at us, and Kirk was like, hmm, I think I'm going to shoot him right there. <laughs> so he shoots him, and right before he shoots, Keelan goes, Kirk's about to shoot, Kirk's about to shoot. And I said, all right. And uh, I I could tell where they'd come from, because if they'd come from the front, I would have seen them come across this field. And I said, I said, Keelan, when he shoots, I'm going to barrel roll out the backside of this tree. And so, boom, he shoots, and I, and I spin to my right and pick up my gun and do like this. And there's a gobbler about Golly. 30 yards just standing there just like looking at my head. What the heck just like, happened? Like, whoa, whoa, hey, Tom, what happened? And I said, I said, is that one right there, a gobbler? And Kurt goes, if he come out of that ditch, he is. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> and just let him have it in the back of the head. Uh, went oh. over there. And I, I, I mean, I knew it was a gobbler because I could tell it just how wide his head was. Sure, and, I sure. Mean, but I didn't know if it was a Jake or a Longbeard and, and – Kirk said, yeah, if he comes up by that ditch, boom. <laughs> Keelan's awesome. Keelan's like, huh, y'all let me smile for this picture with you? He said, I don't know what just happened. I said, I do. You got left side and right sided. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I texted, but, I texted Kirk that morning because I knew that was y'all's first morning. And yep. I guess I should have known better. But it was I was up doing something. It was like 7 o'clock. In the morning, I said, "Man, good luck. Hope you get your." Oh, we've been done the, by then. I know that's what I said. <laughs> I said, "I hope you complete, can, you know, get this land this morning or today or whatever." And he he texts back and he goes, "Oh, it's locked up." <laughs> I was like, it's "I should have known better." Yeah. So, but that was the start, and that was probably one of them. That, and I'll tell you one more memorable hunt we had. Uh, 
in um, Jeff and and Keelan both killed their their birds in South Dakota pretty pretty easy right after that, and Kirk and I did not kill our birds, and so the second morning we got real close and didn't. I'm trying to think of what happened exactly, but we didn't get it done the second morning. They went the other direction or something Something happened, and uh, I'm drawing a blank. Uh, oh, I know. The second morning, Kirk and I needed to kill a bird, and they three of them flew down and came to us and stopped at about 50 yards and kind of hung up and didn't come on in. And we didn't – we probably could have shot them, but just didn't want to take a long shot, and we let them walk off. Well, anyways – Keelan and Jeff went on down to Nebraska to kind of get settled in and check out this place we were going to hunt. That's so that's cool. Yeah, so Kirk and I went and hunted just the rest of the day. We were going to hunt until we killed and then go to Nebraska, about a seven-hour drive where we were going. Anyways, uh, it started looking like it was going to spit rain, and it was real, real windy, and you couldn't hear anything. And we sat down. We heard a bird gobble from the truck, and he was way down in this canyon. We got over there and sat down. We sat for probably 45 minutes just calling, and all of a sudden a bird just appeared. He was at about 20 yards, and he comes under this barbed wire fence that we were kind of sitting next to, and Kirk kills him. And I was like, man, that was just incredible, unbelievable, you know. Well, we uh, when we went and picked his bird up, we saw a couple more gobblers out there, and they were a pretty good ways away, and um, – the wind was kind of blowing from them to us. And so we got to thinking about which direction his gun was pointed and whether or not they could even hear the shot. And we Whoa. decided that they probably couldn't hear the shot because the wind was blowing from them to us and we were pointing away from them. And there was this giant stack of hay bales between us and them. So we had like an obstacle. Plus we had the wind. Plus we were pointing away from them. And they were like 500 yards. But the turkey that we killed had come from there. He'd clearly come from where these birds were so we start glassing them and i got kirk on on his binos and i'm like all right you watch them i'm gonna yelp at them so i got the box call out and i started sawing on it and about the third time i yelped he said they both gobbled and and then he said they gobbled again so i cut at them a little bit and i sawed on it some more and he said yep they just gobbled gobbled again gobbled again about the sixth gobble the heads went bright red and they started coming and i mean they just come on a string from 450 to 500 yards away, just kind of in that half strut, That waddle where everything's just kind of yeah, <laughs> shaking the, around in, on them? In the video, that's uh, uh, that's the two that come up the hill. Yeah. And I shoot the one in the body. Uh, and, I mean, that was pretty special because we killed two birds inside 30 minutes, two different sets from the same tree. But, like, yelp one up, shoot him, smile, take a picture, Oh my gosh! I you think we can up make a play like, at oh this my one. Gosh. And it's like, let's just try. Yelp, they gobble and they come. I mean, end up, you know, killing two birds right there in one spot. It was just, it was wild. And but that's what you know. You go out west, and sometimes they just make you feel like a hero, and or a zero. Yeah, but I mean, come on. You, <laughs> I mean, you, you went blind. You, you, yeah, you, you know, I appreciate it. You're still learning. It's all right. Oh man, it's wet behind good. the ears. <laughs> As far as the turkey world goes. Man, that's awesome. I'm glad y'all had a good trip. I mean, I had no doubts heading into it that y'all are going to have a big time. Yeah. But it's always good once you start getting the texts. And you're yeah, like, it was fun. Phew. Yeah. And old R.T. Bailey, he's a talented young man. It's been yeah. a while since I've worked with him. Yeah. And, um, We really enjoyed having him on that trip. He even got to kill a bird. Man, we've got something that there's kind of been chatter throughout the year or Man, we got the golf tournament coming up. Mm-hmm. Tell us, tell us about first of all why we're doing it yeah. to begin with, and then well, it's a, in, in fairness, it's a scramble. It's not a tournament because there's, there's yeah, yeah, it's a <laughs> it's a tournament. It's a scramble. I don't know. Uh, yes, it's not no. a skins match or anything <laughs> of that nature. It's not like an elimination where you have multiple rounds. Is what I mean. That, okay, that, fair. That's the way I think of a tournament, but. It's a scramble. It's a scramble. And we do it at a the A lot Summer- of scrambling. Yep. The Somerville Country Club, which is really remarkable place, has uh, 10 tee boxes and nine putting surfaces, I believe. Isn't that right? It's, or is it, or well, is it it's 10 a, and 11? It's in there. It's 6 and 1. I mean, it's in there somewhere in that range. Something like that. You've got to double up on tee boxes for holes. Right. Yeah. Right. 
it's 10 and 1 that you double, I believe. Yep. Right? Yep. Because hole 1 is a par 4. 10 is a dog leg par 5. You know, I haven't played Somerville since I was I, 9 and I was carrying well, my bag. it's just me and you, let's just let's pretend like I know what I'm talking about. You know exactly it's, what you're talking it's about. definitely 1 and 10 share it. Uh, a green, have a split tee box. Anyways, <clears throat> so Somerville Country Club. And, uh, you know, where this originated, this will be our third annual golf scramble. I guess it's been four or five years ago. Derek just said, we need to have a golf scramble, like a rolling thunder golf scramble, and just use it as an excuse to get everybody together, all our duck hunting buddies and everybody from out of town, during a time of the year when nothing else is going on. Let's just invite them to Somerville. We'll play at the country club. And really, it's some of our buddies from Arkansas, Rick, and Chance, uh, who just, you know, we, we only see them during duck season, and, and the best excuse is let's get together and play some golf. And so I said, okay, that'd be fun. And the more we talked about it, I mean, I I have been a golfer at various times in my life, mostly 10-plus, more like 18-plus years ago. Uh, I played a lot, and I enjoyed it. I was never good at it, but I enjoyed it. Anyways, uh so I said, whatever y'all want to do, well, they started planning it, and we had a pretty good turnout. And the more we started talking and planning for it, the more it was like, what are we going to do with this money? There's going to be some money left over. And I was like, really? Derek was like, oh, yeah, if we charge everybody, you know, $400 a team, and we have 10 or 12 teams, we're going to have some money left over because the country club is pretty, pretty easy to deal with. They don't have, uh, yeah. they don't have um, golf carts. So we have to rent the golf carts. And by the time we do all that, like – there's some money left over. Well, um, I said, well, let's just, you know, let's find us a charity, give it away. And so it would be a good excuse to all get together, have a big time, and then do you something know, good at do, the end do of it. Do something good at the end of it. And uh, so the first two years, we um, we sold it out, 18 teams, because that's really packed. Actually, the first year, we tried to do split flights. We did morning and afternoon, and it didn't work very well because everybody was coming from out of town and wanted to play in the afternoon and so i think we had like one team play in the morning so we had Uh 18 or 19 teams but um anyways this last year we just said okay we're gonna put two foursomes on every hole and uh everybody just play it takes as long as you need to play all day if it needs to and then we were gonna have a big party afterwards a big crawfish bowl and we've had live music first year leith lofton played and last year jason cross played and last year, on Friday night, before the scramble, we kind of had a shindig at my house. And it was very informal, but it was great. We, we cooked some barbecue. We just, we just enjoyed hanging mm-hmm. out. It was very informal. And Jason sat on that Yeti right there and played and just freaking brought the house down. I mean, the man is crazy talented. He, he really is. If you hadn't looked up Jason Cross, you need to take a minute on Instagram and find Jason Cross. I mean, he is a national treasure. You've probably seen his viral um, <laughs> the jet ski. Yeah, the jet ski <laughs> with the uh, le- turquoise leopard skin. You know, oh speedo, man, like a la Kenny Powers. I mean, just the guy's a hoot. But, if I had an ounce of his confidence, oh, <laughs> I mean, I mean, he's played entire shows. Oh, in yeah. a speedo. Yeah, and he he just did that recent photo shoot. Where he's smoking, washing the car. Yes, washing that. Not a car. It's a the van. Yeah, the van. The van. Something like something like like your mom makes nice snacks after school or something. I mean, just you know, like gosh, Jason. No, I think it was your mom and I are going to dinner and you're not invited. (laughs) That's exactly what it was. Oh man, what a guy! But But, yeah, he is very talented musician. He's doing great in Nashville. He's written a couple songs. Yeah, his single uh, came out recently. mm Mm-hmm. But uh, super fired up about Jason Getting playing. Getting back. Yep. So this year, we're going to do the scramble on Saturday. We're starting at 11, and we've just about sold that out. I think we might have one or two more teams. Um, but we've just about got all the golf taken care of. But Friday night, we're going to have a big shindig right here in the backyard. Um, Looking forward to that. We're hoping that it doesn't rain. That's kind of the only – problem we're going to have and if it rains we'll do it down there in the barn but uh but jason's gonna play and we're just gonna we're gonna smoke some couple butts that day and a bunch of chickens and yeah shred them and make kind of a taco nacho bar which ought to be fun and um we've got some very very gracious sponsors allied pest control shin gear 
and uh, local seed have kind of put up the money to fund everything and make sure that we can have a good time and it's um, awesome super nice of them yeti as well um is helping out and so we'll have a couple awesome prize packages uh including some yeti coolers and and luggage as, as well as uh, a couple pairs of shin gear waders and no kidding uh, yeah you can't leave with them that night we're we're waiting we're making go make people wait but you'll you'll get a Real nice IOU for that is uh, for awesome. a pair of shin gear waders in your size. And anyways, uh, the money I'll 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 kind of go down that road for just a second goes to benefit um, an organization super near and dear to my heart and to Lindy's heart called the Carl Perkins Center. And the Carl Perkins Center in Memphis, in uh, Somerville, it's a I don't know a whole lot about the bigger picture of the Carl Perkins Center, but it's a Tennessee-based organization with offices kind of scattered out. And in Somerville, we have an office. And basically, mm-hmm. their their mission is to help with children who've been sexually abused. And so they partner with um, DCS and the state and the, um, the law enforcement agencies that end up, um, I don't know what the right terminology is, but they get involved in, in these cases where children are being abused. And mm-hmm. the facility that they have is used for forensic counseling and um, uh, both. I'm going to get this terminology wrong, and we should have Haley Duffy, the, the, the leader of our local uh, office, explain this. But essentially, they use that office to help gather the necessary testimony so that these kids don't have to sit on the stand in a court of law and, and look at their abuser sure. and say, that person, you know, messed with me, which is, you know, traumatic, right? I mean, no, absolutely. abuse is horrible and traumatic in and of itself. But so I, I for, for Lindy and I, it's a really special organization for lots of reasons. One, just because we, we just have a tender spot in our heart for kids. But two, um, when I was a young man, I think I was 16 or 17, a really close family member of mine explained to me this horrific situation of abuse. And it was, it was, um, very eye opening to me and life changing to think to, it was the first time I understood that, that there, that kind of evil existed in the world. And I, and I, it was very eye opening and, and kind of, it was a kick in the gut, you know, to just realize that, there are bad people out there that do bad things and they do bad things to innocent people. And, um, and I've never forgotten that conversation. It was just kind of burned into my mind. And, um, and so when we moved to Somerville a little over 12 years ago, now we, we got involved in this organization really just because it's kind of a fun social organization to be a part of the, the, the charity side of it. They do a couple really cool events every year and, we would get invited. They do a Dancing with the Stars thing. And so we would get invited to these fun dinners and events. And the more we kind of got to know about it, we were like, man, this is pretty cool. Yeah. And so Lindy's volunteered for a bunch of different things. And I've a few times, and we've given them a little bit of money here and there. And, and so a little over three years ago now, when we kind of went down the path of this golf scramble, it was like, you know what? Derek said, man, it doesn't matter. You pick it out. I'll do the golf side. You do the charity side. And I, said, I said, okay, great. I've said. So um, I – we we picked the um the Carl Perkins Center and I think last year we after everything was all said and done, I wanna say it was it was almost twelve thousand dollars. It was really? right, right around twelve thousand dollars that we had left over, which was just amazing. Um and we couldn't do that without the sponsors. All of them write a big check that goes directly to the Carl Perkins Center. Um we take a little bit of their money to buy groceries and stuff for everybody to have a good time. Yeah, on the then, front end, yeah. Yep, and then at the event, um, we'll sell some, um, I, th- I don't think you're supposed to say this, but raffle tickets. I think raffle ticket is still some kind of a gambling, gambling yeah, yeah, in Tennessee, but we're taking our chances. Uh, Opportunities to yeah. uh, You're buying little red tickets, and if you decide to put them in that bucket over there, that's cool, and then we're going to have, you know, a bingo drawing or whatever. <laughs> But we sell some sell some raffle tickets, and then sure. you know at the same time we buy the the alcohol and food gets bought from the country club, and so the country club in Somerville is not a big organization. No, but they benefit from that for it sure. Absolutely benefits them, especially and, this and that crowd. makes it fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, 
the, the Summer World Country Club is a special place. It's a national treasure in and of itself. Man, when I was a kid, every single day, every single summer from the time I was like 5 to mm-hmm. 13 was pretty much spent at the Summerville Country Club. Every day it was like Summerville Country yeah. Club, then you go go to the Summerville Library, grab a book, go home, <laughs> repeat. I mean, my kids you know? live there now. I mean, a social membership at the Summerville Country Club is $300 a year. Yeah, it's worth it. I'm sorry. I, I mean, miss the tennis Lindy's, courts. Lindy's not going to listen to this, but I'm sorry. I can't build her a pool for $300 a year. It would take 700 years to pay for it. <laughs> 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 yeah, you're not wrong. But anyways, we, we love the country club. Yeah. We love Carl Perkins Center. We love the people involved in it. And it's just a it's a really, really fun time for me personally and for our company because it's kinda it's the end of turkey season. It's the time of the year that we kinda get to look back and reflect over the whole fall and winter and spring and and it gives us a it's a moment where everybody's in town. So we have several big meetings that kinda come up. Last year we did a big productions meeting. This year we're doing a meeting of the turkey team to kind of hash everything out after a big spring. We're going to do a productions meeting as well and just kind of get everybody on the same page when there's not stress of we're all leaving tomorrow morning for a 10-day yeah, yeah, yeah. road trip or something. Yeah. Um, and then there's a whole bunch of our friends that we see along the way during turkey season and during um, duck season that, that come visit and, you know, stay here and – um, and it's a time of the year where we all get to kind of hang out, and it's not about the hunting, and almost everybody brings their wives and the kids. And so um, Kirk and Keelan are bringing Weston and Easton and Ellie Grace and the girls, Jessica and, and um, Chase, are coming. And, I mean, Ricky and Lindsey Heath are coming from Atlanta. and it's awesome. I mean, it, it'll just be a whole bunch of really fun people, and there'll be as many people hanging out at the golf scramble on Saturday as, as we'll pl- be playing. As be, right. If not more. Right. Just and so that makes it fun because, um, you know, it, it's just it's just good, clean fun. <laughs> it's Oh, it's awesome. And there's also some gamers in there. There's oh, some, yeah. There's some you solid golfers. Stacked oh, anything, I knew man. you did, yeah. <laughs> the only reason my team has not won the last two years is because of me. <laughs> like, I don't know. You had a pretty clutch putt on 18 last year if I don't if They I didn't, didn't need call. that. <laughs> they, they, that was the first putt. They could have made it. <laughs> who who won last year? Do you remember? Oh, yeah, of course I remember. Tim Burnett and his daughter Chloe. Yep. Yep. Miss Courtney Burnett's the headmaster at Fayette Academy, and her husband and her oldest daughter – I think her oldest daughter's like a scratch golfer. I mean, no, she, she freaking play. There was there was at least because I last last year I was running around taking pictures, mm-hmm. and there was one or two times when I saw her just drain putts mm-hmm. from from yep. so far. The best one, the best thing I saw last year was was Davis Cock had this one putt where I forget which hole it is. It's on the it's on the backside. It's on the the backside of the loop. Mm-hmm. And he put, gosh, he made this putt. It went up. It went like three feet up the hill, and then <laughs> curved all the way back down and drained it. And it that's was awesome. that was that was the best I best golf I saw that day. I was like, that's a that's fun. That's, that's how you fun. that's how you win some stuff there. <laughs> that's fun. Well, it's a good time. Yeah. I would if you're listening and uh, have any interest, we'd love to have you come. The party this year is going to be on Friday night. Yeah, I was going to say even if you're yeah. not playing, and it's free, you can still participate. It's, you don't have to buy tickets to okay. the to, to Friday night dinner. You can literally just show up. I would appreciate it if you would try to stay on some portion of my two thousand feet of gravel road. <laughs> I'd rather you not park in the yard, but I'm I'm also not under the guys that I'm, I'm in. A, I'm not duped into thinking that everybody's going to stay on on road. <laughs> so. No, we uh, could have a Woodstock situation here if we're not careful. We could. That'd be awesome. I'd love it. I'd love it. The extrovert in me would love to see a big crowd. Miss <laughs> Lindy's cringing. She saw the flyer a couple days ago, and she was like, oh, my gosh. She was like, is that guy going to smoke a cigarette at our house? I was like, yeah, yes. Prob- probably. <laughs> he did probably is. won't be the only one. I won't be smoking any cigarettes. But <laughs> I'm pretty sure he'll be sitting on a cooler with his mullet and the and the big shades and he are we gonna keep him out of the speedo for Friday night? I'm not I feel like a guy as talented as him does not need me telling him how to dress <laughs> or perform. Okay. Um I'm gonna leave the entertainment squarely up to him. Sure. So. He he that is his wheelhouse. 
I mean, that. we do have enough mosquitoes right now that it would be a probably bad a bad idea to, idea. to yeah. be in a speedo, but I, it'd man, be memorable. It's, it's so. none of my business. <laughs> man, so uh, but yeah, so even if you're not participating in golf on we would Saturday, love for you to come Friday night. Come There'll by, be plenty of food for okay. dinner, and then even There'll Saturday, yeah, you can come hang out Saturday. We don't have just an overwhelmingly huge number of golf carts. Right, so, but I'm just thinking of like you know, if you want to be the gallery, be awesome. just go up and sit at hole three and heckle yep. or whatever. Or, sit at or, hole three and get heckle. The bar at the country club is downstairs, yep. so you kind of either walk in and go down the stairs, or you walk around the side of it and come in the basement. But yep. make yourself a drink. And I mean, I'd love to have served. a hole one gallery that just let be it great. rip every time. You know, the great thing about a hole one gallery is actually a hole one and a hole two gallery. That's so right. A hole ten. I mean, you're you're you're. Actually, you could, you can double you could up watch on the boxes. one and ten, and I think seven doesn't isn't seven the one that crosses the ditch and makes a big dog leg and comes back by the country club well, by the clubhouse? Because because nine nine is the par three. I thought I thought three was the no, one. Nine's the long. Three's the one the that comes back by, past the old tennis courts up by the clubhouse that finishes up at the lower green past the clubhouse. That's three. Okay. That's three. Well, my point is from, from you can the get one, them all. You can get three from holes. The one tee box. <laughs> yeah. You could be watching one and three, one yeah. ten and three, easy. So I that's thirty percent that, of the course. Yeah. So that's where the grandstand's <laughs> going to be. Uh, you'll 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 see that when you come in on. Uh, There's country. actually a porch right there. Come you on! Could, you could sit on the patio. Now, the other place, if you, if a man wanted to, or a woman, uh, wanted to participate actively in the gallery, is that little cluster of greens and and tea boxes out by the pond, on yes. close to Country Club Road. <laughs> Absolutely, where seven is seven, where the pond is. Yes, so that par three. That's like click. But but it's seven and five or like seven. Side and, by there's side a big or? par five that runs along that, and the green for one's pretty close. You, and could, ten. you could do some and ten. Thank you, <laughs> thank you. You could do some pretty serious socializing and heckling. You yes. know, you might want to watch out for some. Short, yes, watch out for the errant ball. That's not on us. That's totally yes. on you. Assumption yes. of risk. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it, it it would be absolutely fun if you're not participating to still come out. Yeah, it's a good time. Yeah, and I imagine Saturday night we're gonna have a pretty informal regathering here at my house for everybody sure. that doesn't feel like driving home Saturday evening and we'll do something simple like burgers but uh man I'd be pumped if people showed up and said hey I heard this on the podcast and we just decided we <laughs> want to come to the party Friday night right. so it'll be there's a beer in it for you that's right or two there's it'll be <laughs> Friday night June the 4th yep which will be I guess we'll publish this episode tomorrow, tomorrow. So it'll be two weeks from yeah. So tomorrow this slash today is the twentieth. Yeah. When you're if you're listening to this, the day it was published. So it'll be two sat two Fridays. Two, yep, two Fridays, and uh, you can pretty much show up anytime Friday afternoon here. We'll we'll have the food done early in the afternoon and just have it rested in coolers, and we'll have her served. Probably start eating somewhere in the I don't know seven o'clock ish range and. That'll be a good time. Jason will start playing about dark. What time is it now? It's not quite dark. It's not even. So it's, it's almost seven forty-five now. So it'll probably start eight thirty. I know it yeah. says eight on the flyer, but yep. let's be honest. Yeah. Well, we might we might make Jason play for a good hour and a half this year. I feel like he's he's got he's got I feel enough like he would now. Get better as the evening goes on if we got him started early, for sure. But uh, anyways, good. So um. You mentioned Shin Gear giving out a few pair of waders. Yeah, what else is what you got? A, you got a finger on the pulse of what's been going on in Shin Gear here? Uh, I got a pretty good idea. The uh, pulse is strong, man. The whew, I don't know if you've been paying attention, but there's been a lot of activity on the social media posts of, that Shin Gear's made, and a little bit of hate here and there, and a little bit of uh, support as well. But I mean. Um, we're helping those guys with some of their marketing and it's been a lot of fun. I mean, the, the, uh, the waiters are awesome. Uh, they are. Yeah. We got the final pairs a couple months ago or a month ago now and I've been photographing them and helping them kind of that way. Jason's been sort of leading the front in a lot of ways there. And Man, they're fantastic waiters. It's going to be a lot of fun. And I, there's so many things about them that I kind of want to tell everybody. And You're just going to have to wait. Yeah, I've signed an NDA that says I wouldn't. <laughs> but uh, 
it's going to be a lot of fun. And and they're it's a great group of guys. They're they're going to be they're going to have two teams at the golf scramble. And so, um, I'm hoping. Don't hold me to this. I'm hoping that there'll be a couple pairs here. People can touch and feel Set, and, lay eyes on. Yeah, and and probably get an idea of boot size. Um, we'll have a couple pairs cool. of boots here and stuff. So that'll be neat. And uh, I guess in a couple weeks after that, we're gonna maybe the most exciting thing. We're we're kind of working on a little semi road trip tour in some key cities to show off the waiters and kind of yeah. do a. I think the current name that's been drafted is like barbecue beer and boots. <laughs> Just a the very, Shin Show. Yeah, that's a great <laughs> that's a great name, Rob. Hey, look at you. You should yeah. go to work for a marketing firm. Yeah, who could I work for, Spence? <laughs> Does that person need to be able to pay you? Or uh... <laughs> that would be key, key uh, baby on the way and all the rest. Oh man, I had a kid and didn't have any pay coming in. You can do it. That uh, seems uh, like a you thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, we're gonna Shin Show. Yeah, middle of June, we're gonna hit a few spots. Probably Nashville, Little Rock, Memphis. Um, West Point. That's awesome. Possibly Jonesboro. Um and then Memphis, of course. Yeah. So um it's gonna be a it's gonna be a really fun summer. Man. It's gonna be a great fall. Very hopeful that Hey, with all this COVID stuff starting to lift, I mean, are we gonna start seeing all the call shows and all those things starting to come back? That's a great question. Are the contests um, and everything else? Some are definitely coming back. I actually got a call yesterday from the Wildlife Extravaganza in Mississippi, in Jackson, Mississippi. Yeah. Which is a great show. Um, and that's like the end of July, 1st of August. <coughs> Excuse me. I, I'm, I'm not going to that show, but they call every year. It's always Lindy's birthday weekend. and um, But it's a good show. I've not gotten any other calls, so I don't really know. I, I have yeah. heard rumblings that um, – Excuse me. <coughs> Excuse me. I've heard rumblings that some of the stores. stores yeah, I heard that. I wasn't going to say. How about that? Stores. Some of the stores, like um, some of the bigger independent retailers, are going to be doing their own stuff. Some of their, yeah, they're kind of in store promotions. Um, but I hadn't seen any dates on those yet. Yeah. So. Well, I'm hoping. You know, I mean, everything kind of in town here is kind of kind of lifting a little bit, and <laughs> around here. Just a good thing. No doubt. I mean, if Memphis is lifting, surely, surely Arkansas. other stuff is going to start lifting. So If we can get across the Daggum Bridge. God, no kidding. <laughs> How funny have those Mississippi those memes, River Bridge Have you seen the, the, the Flex Seal? Flex Seal. <laughs> oh, gosh. I mean, it's, oh, it's so good. Oh, so for those of you who are not uh, – I think it's probably unlikely that if if you're listening to this, you're not very familiar with the M Bridge. Got to be. Else. I mean, but if you're not, maybe you're you know West you know Central Flyway kind of person or whatever. M Bridge is what connects Memphis to Arkansas. There's yeah. 55, but that's a, that's a train wreck of a bridge. Yeah. And so now, basically, most of America goes, goes through or under the M Bridge. Yeah. yeah, which would be your barge traffic. Yeah, is the barge traffic moving? Yeah, yeah. Okay, good. There for a while, they were holding it back. But. Yeah, the first boat went back under a week or so ago, I think. And but. it's not like a little, it's not like a hairline something. Yeah, it looks like a pretty significant one. Yeah, it looks like a, so So did you actually go uh, look at this thing? No, I've just seen pictures. No, no, I'm talking about for the inspection. That So, uh, Ar- so Arkansas inspects it. And then, ten, so it, this is how they split the responsibility. So Arkansas, it's their job to inspect it. And it's and it's Tennessee's job to pay for it and to upkeep the bridge. Really? Yeah, that's kind of their trade off. There's probably some other little smaller stuff, oh. but basically the guy who the guy who inspects it got paid with the state of Arkansas check. Hmm. So okay, take that for what it's worth. Interesting. He should also go inspect the road at Lower Vier at Biome. <laughs> um, he, he could he could park his truck in some of those craters that are um, oh yeah yeah for sure well he's not the one who doesn't want Somerville Grange. no we gotta switch you to filters I know I'm I'm over here hacking I don't know if I swallowed a mosquito or a mayfly or <coughs> god it's awful 
Excuse me. We can just cut it. <coughs> God, you're too lazy to reach up there and mute it. I mean, I don't feel like it should get edited out at this point. That's easy. Might as well mute it. So, oh, me. <laughs> well, man, I feel like we've touched, touched them all yeah. today so far. I mean... You know, turkey season's over, pretty much. There's a few more swings people are making. I got, I've got one more swing in me. I'm flying out Sunday morning with Trip. We're gonna go hunt in Pennsylvania and New York with awesome with Hunter, Hunter and Wallace. them. Yep. Golly, so, they're because they're, they're done. They can't hunt. All they can do is take it at this yeah. point. Well, they're in Wisconsin right now. Yeah. And this weekend they've got a big youth hunt in Ohio uh, that Josh is helping put on, <sighs> and then they'll be back or josh josh is staying in ohio hunter's gonna be back in pennsylvania saturday evening or sunday i think and trip and i roll in sunday afternoon we're flying up there that's awesome i mean you couldn't find a better name than rogue hunts for what they're doing because <laughs> let me okay let me just run down the list if i if i leave anything out you just jump in so <clears throat> so let's do georgia mm-hmm. alabama tennessee mm-hmm. kansas mm-hmm. pennsylvania Ohio, mm-hmm. New York, mm-hmm. Wisconsin. Did right. they did they dip up into Kentucky or Virginia at all? Not that I'm aware of. I mean, they no, have. They did not. But they but but they have. I'm talking in all of those states. It's like not like they've gone the to those states and hunted mm-hmm. those states. It's like yeah. they've gone to those states and killed and they're done. Yeah, they're and it's like, <laughs> gosh. <laughs> Pardon me. Excuse me. I'm so sorry. Man, they're good hunters. I mean, and the and things those guys can do with exceptional yelpers, but also just good woodsmen. And I'm really proud of them. I mean, those boys have absolutely thumped them this spring. <clears throat> so, a lot to look up to. And, and, no and talk also, too, I mean, all the episodes that they've put out. Mm-hmm. If you haven't seen those, make sure you go check those out. We've got a lot of episodes with Rogue Hunts, mm-hmm. and then also, you know. We've put out a few episodes from the Rolling Thunder yeah, side. You said episode 39 as yeah, far as like. Yeah, today was 39. Isn't that crazy? That's pretty ridiculous. And, and in this calendar year, here's what's crazy. In this calendar year, we've published 17 Chasing Spring episodes. Yep. We have one more left to publish. We published 13 Rogue Hunts. That's 30 episodes right there between those two projects. And then we've published nine Rolling Thunder episodes. We published 10 Southern Prairie episodes, and five Mallard Estates episodes. So it's knocking right on the door of 50 between all those different projects. It's been a busy year, and, I mean, just a lot of yeah, a lot of footage. So <clears throat> we, need to, we need to catch up with everybody, at least on the turkey side, you know, because Chasing we'll, Spring, yep. they they yep. won't they, quit killing all them All those either. guys will be here <sighs> on the 3rd, June the 3rd. So – Put it on your. Yep. That's a Wednesday. Yep, that's a Wednesday, and so we will, we'll record for sure. In fact, just we're, in time. we're talking about doing a crawfish bowl here. We're getting everybody together: Terrence, Josh, Hunter, Kevin Taylor, Jr. Pender, Lovey, um, probably Keelan and Kurt, and just kind of get all the turkey brains together in one place and say, "Okay, what'd you like? What'd you what'd you not like?" We've got some reports printed out about what's sold. But, man, we had uh, one of our biggest retailers in Mississippi said that we were the number one call sold out of their store. Blew away a whole bunch of other big-name brands, which I was shocked. I mean, I, I, it's, it didn't, that didn't seem real to me. And I was like, are you serious? Like, check that again. <laughs> I mean, and did twice what a couple of these other brands did. So it was very, very encouraging. Yeah. <clears throat> um. Got a report back. Bass Pro's sell through on all of our SKUs was like in the ninety percentile, and the ten percent that didn't sell through was all reorder stuff that they replenished they, throughout the year. No, they replenished the first week of May. That's what I mean. Through the so it had season. just arrived, so you could essentially call that a hundred percent sell through. Oh yeah, hundred percent sell through on the first two deliveries of of that that we made with them. So gosh, it really was kind of a shot in the arm to just say it was kind of like a. You know, boys, we're doing something. It was here. A good like, yeah, it was a good year, and just kind of our whole like you. It's fun to make a plan, you know, and then work a plan, and then to sit back and watch that plan yeah. grow and succeed. And and this has been one of those things. It was like this. This has been a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, and 
and planning involved yeah. in this. And and you worry along the way, like, what are the risks? Well, maybe everybody doesn't get along, or maybe the calls are not well received, or something. But I mean, geez, you know, everybody and, that had them sold them. Yeah, and <clears throat> and the other thing is too, I love the diversity of for both personalities because you've got you've got a spectrum of kind of some introverts all the way to some mm-hmm. just super super extroverts. Yep. But along that spectrum, you've got different types of calls that appeal to different types of people and usages yep. and the rest. And to be able to see, like, you know, when I see those pink calls, I'm like, mm-hmm. well, that's Kevin. Yeah, that's a Kevin Taylor. That's a Kevin yeah. Taylor call. And I see those blue calls, I'm like, well, that's JR. Yeah. And I see those black calls. And you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's just like, it's cool to see people, you know, tagging us or posting our stuff and then and then being able to see, like, what call they chose. That's right. And so regionally, you know, maybe that kind of gives you a little bit of an idea of, okay, mm-hmm. maybe that's working there. But it's just awesome. Yeah. It's just awesome to see everybody work. And it's been neat. It's really cool. <clears throat> it's been real neat. And, our relationship with Jebs has been really fun this year. Um, they've they've really helped us with the rogue ammo thing. Yep. And, I mean, just seeing all that stuff kind of come to fruition has been fun. Next spring is going to be huge. If if they have NWTF next year, which, Lord, I hope they do, it's going to be Katie bar the door. It's going to be fun. We're, we're actively loading right now. Um, Kirk is actually going to work <clears throat> with Bobby and Trey. <clears throat> loading shells, and uh, he was down there last week. Because Kirk was loading his own shells there for a while. He was, and Kirk was kind of one of the, the brains that, that kind of where one of the initial ideas for Rogue Ammo came from. And um, and so he's he's now helping Bobby load shells, which is super cool to see, you know, my friends all kind of diving in and getting involved. And uh, But, I mean, we're actively – they, I should say, not we. They, they are actively loading shells for NWTF right now. I mean, and 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 we're and they're still seeing some sales, and you know, stuff is still moving a little bit. But um, there's a pretty significant push. I mean, we're, we're in May and we're loading for, for February. February, yeah. I mean, they sold out <clears throat> lightning quick. Yeah, those are some dirty rounds. Yeah, they're good. <laughs> they're good. And uh, that one picture that Kirk posted. Where you could see it, and it was like the size of a, like the size of a tennis ball. Yep. Pat. Oh. Yep. Yeah. Put the hurt on him out there. No doubt. No doubt. They definitely accounted for a lot of death this spring. <laughs> no but. doubt. Well, awesome. I guess we'll uh, wrap it up there. Yep. When's your baby due? Uh, July twenty fourth. Man, that's coming fast. In a hurry. Mama showing just a little bit, just a little bit. She's pretty cute. It's, it's been a minute since I've seen her. That's yeah, good. More of her to see. <laughs> She's pretty daggum cute, and it, it's great. And I don't know. We're just we're just so thrilled. Are, and, be, are uh, y'all settled yet in the house? We are not. So uh, we got in the house, and so we've got some folks over there painting and fixing some stuff, kind of okay. knocking out a couple door, like a like a door frame here to put in a laundry room, mm-hmm. and we're going to move the laundry room around and some other stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, doing some other work, just kind of. Good. Because, man, the easiest time to paint something is when you ain't yeah, in it. That's exactly and, right. And anytime you want to change something, it's, it's a good time to do it before you really move in. Mm-hmm. So we're not going to rush it. You're so not going to rush it, but you're going to have a baby in eight weeks. That's right. <laughs> you need to hurry the heck up, pal. <laughs> I haven't seen Liz in a while, but I feel like I can speak on Liz's back. So, Rob, you need to hurry yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right, you're right, you're <laughs> right. There's a little thing they call nesting. So we're going to we're gonna be in in the next two weeks. Okay, all right, good. Um, so they pretty much finished painting, but all that to say is as soon as we got keys, we weren't just going to try to move in. That's awesome. But you're not wrong. You're not wrong about just, hey, Rob, um, shot clock, buddy. So I, I, I've got about a 13-day shot clock before things start getting weird. 13 days. and I mean, wait, wait, wait. 13 days is like knocking on the door of the golf scramble. That's right. Are y'all moving in the weekend of the golf scramble? No, no, no. We're going to move in next weekend. Okay. Yeah, and then the rest of it the Wednesday before the golf scramble. I love this. I mean, <laughs> you're just adding your name to a long line of men who've, made who've crafted their life around these weird hobbies that we <laughs> share. True. I love it. <laughs> it's true, and, and Liz, Liz has been awesome. I mean, so we were hoping to move in last weekend, the one I went to Kansas, yep. but we couldn't because there were painters there. And I said, honey, there, there's painters there. We can't move in. So naturally, I should go to Kansas. <laughs> 
she was a really good sport. <laughs> she was, and she's like, yeah, that makes sense. So, but anyway, well, before I get in trouble, thanks for it. joining us for another episode of the Rolling Thunder podcast. It's been fun. Talk and to you soon. We'll see you on the next one.